Hello and welcome to episode number 79 of the WP Cafe Show with your hosts, me, Keith Devon, and Mark Wilkinson. So today we're going to be talking about the journey I think that we've been on from project work to products. So we've called this uh, from projects to products, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I thought, you know, Mark and I have been on a bit of a bit of a journey and you know it's been interesting to compare the two states of of business and uh the good the good and the bad so i thought it'd be interesting for people just to, to go through some of that so hopefully that's going to be interesting for you all thank you for joining us today if you are joining us live on youtube please do say hello in the chat it's always nice to to see uh, who you are and where you're from um also chat along with us uh we're always keen to answer questions and respond to comments as they come in live um you could be listening later on on youtube or on the podcast too so welcome to you too um as always if you do like what we do it's only a little thing but uh hitting that like button i don't know probably makes a bit of a difference uh, and also subscribing if you want to make sure you don't miss uh new content like this we try to do these shows once a week where we just ramble on about WordPress topics and uh, kind of what's at the top of our mind. Um, so if you do want to kind of get notified of that, make sure you're either subscribed using your podcast player or through YouTube. Over to you, Mark. How have you been this week? Um, yeah, pretty good. Don't forget, our, uh, we are live on X as well, formerly Twitter, of course. I always forget that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if anybody watches this from... on that. We, we do. We have... Uh, Someone, uh, is it Emily? I think for the last couple of weeks has been watching on X. Oh, that's cool. Um, and does comment or do get involved if you're on there? Um, yeah, my week's been pretty normal, really. This week, just cracking Good. on with some support stuff and um, supporting our clients. Nothing really exciting going on, to be honest. Um, finished my home DIY networking pro- uh, project. Well, I say finished. I have one thing to do. That's fill a hole in, in the wall, which is uh, proving a little bit more tricky than I thought. <laughs> But um, other than that, it's fine. I've got the electrics put into the cupboard upstairs, which is where everything kind of comes into. So, uh, yeah, it's all working rather well, which is good. Very good. What about you? How's your week? It's been it's been all right. I think this week has been a really good little mini encapsulation of what we're going to talk about today in terms of, uh, you know, we've do- we, I've been doing some client-based stuff. And I've been doing a lot of product stuff. And like it's, I think that's why this came up because it's like yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm constantly comparing what it feels like to be in that world as opposed to the other world. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good, good week to be chatting about this stuff. But generally, generally good. I've enjoyed some of the challenges, uh, getting stuck into some marketing stuff for RecPress, uh, our job board done for you job board service. Um, yeah, so. We can chat about that a little bit potentially as we go through. Um, I don't mm. want it to all be about that, but um, yeah. let's let's crack on. Um, How we're going to do this? Are we going to go all the good stuff and then all the bad stuff? Or are we going to yeah, go? Yeah, it feels one of weird each? to do it that way, Ryan, but I do think we should. Uh, right. I think we go with the good stuff first. So I'll let you start, Mark. Right. What is the first thing that you've enjoyed well, about? I think before we start. It's worth saying, I think I'm right in saying, we didn't sit down and make a conscious decision to switch to products. No. We didn't sort of say, like, have a meeting and decide, 
projects are not for us anymore. Let's build something. It kind of um, fell in our lap in a way. So it's not it's not as though we've made that conscious decision. So it's just worth saying that to start with, I think, that these can things I, kind of naturally happened. Can I jump in on that, though? Because I think I think I think you're partly right. Well, you are you are partly right, but I do think that we we were having conversations around building an asset. Like the frustrations were already That's starting true. to show uh, around the fact that like what we did was just fire and forget. Like you go through a client process, and then that relationship is it comes and goes. You get the money, you're on to the next That's thing. It. And we, and we didn't, but we'll come back into that more, but the, there were conversations. You're, you're right that the kind of product idea itself kind of fell in our lap and, we, and it wasn't like we just made a decision one day, but we were having the conversations around that. And I think, I think, so the ground was fertile for when that seed Correct. fell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're going pros first. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I suppose the first pro on my list is that when you have a productized business, or a product-based business, you have a monthly recurring revenue all the time, which is much more steady, much more stable than it is when you are building out projects where you might have a bit of bust and boom. You know, you might have several months where you get loads of work and lots of money, and then you might have a few months where there's little going on and, and so on. So you've got this mm. sort of up and down, whereas when you're building the products like ours, particularly once it starts to grow and, and get more customers, you've got this steady sort of line of income. Hopefully it's growing and going up, which it kind of still is for us just a little bit. Um, and that's really good. It makes me more confident in business decisions. You know, yeah. should we spend X on this? Should we take a few more dividends? Should we whatever? Then it makes me more confident because I know that the recurring revenue is there to bring that sort of business money back up to where perhaps you like it to be so that's my first pro that i think is is better when you're using when you're selling products yeah that that's the first thing first thing i had on my list was recurring revenue and it's it's for lots of reasons interesting though that not every product has the same type of recurring revenue as we do because we're subscription based so if you're selling something that's like a one-time buy buy this thing it costs 10 quid, 50 quid, whatever, and it's a one-off payment. Yes, if you've set up a bit of a machine, the marketing machine on a sales machine of some kind, you can kind of see that that you'll get a certain number every month. But something could easily change where that kind of falls. Whereas with us, even if we get no new customers, we've got a pretty guaranteed income for at least 12 months. Which is well, this, yeah. you know, the subscription yeah. model is is great for that. <laughs> um, it gives us even more kind of certainty uh, going forward. Which and is I think good. when we built Job Relay, we said right at the start that it must be a subscription based model. It can't be a purchase this thing and you get support for 12 months and then that's it. You either, you know, you can carry on using it or you pay again for the support. It is a subscription based model. Mm. If you don't pay for it, you can't use it, and it won't work. And I think yeah. that's that was a really big decision we made. And I think that's been proven on the back of the fact that about two years ago, you were doing some research on our SEO, and we found that there was a particular blog post on our blog 
that was just dwarfing any other content on our website. And I, I don't mean by it was getting like 25 more hits. It was like literally treble the amount of hits that any more. other piece of content got even more. Yeah. So Sometimes. Keith had the great idea. It was actually a website, uh, a web article, a blog about how to build or write a website specification. And you had the idea, well, let's sort of monetize it. Let's sort of make some templates, make some additional information that can people can download and buy and use once they've uh, mm -hmm. wrote the article, once they've written the article, read the article. And that project was very successful. Like, it's, I don't know how much it's made us. It's thousands of pounds it's made yeah. that article. For like two hours' work. But for like two hours' work. So it's really good. But right now, it's kind of stopped, hasn't it? So, every, yeah. you know, people have bought it that are going to find it. Um, and it's it's stopped. So there's no recurring revenue based on that. And I think that's what would happen if you went for a product, possibly, without that subscription model. Unless you did stuff with it, basically. But I mean, it I could mean, happen with a subscription model as well. It's just going to yeah. take longer for that to die off because... You yes. know, you'll get you'll get the odd renewal and whatever. So yeah, that's that's very true. So recurring revenue obviously just sounds nice. I think people get that that's generally a good thing. But like digging into the specifics of kind of why that's a good thing, I, I wrote a couple of notes on this. One of them is that it just takes the pressure off the mental pressure that business owners, freelancers, etc., are under to get that next invoice sent out, get that next payment through is huge. Like it is very, very stressful. Most people aren't sitting there with hundreds of thousands of pounds in the bank and know that they've got, oh, it's all right. They've got like a three month runway or a six month runway before they need to really start worrying about money. I think, I think the vast majority of businesses are the runway is a lot shorter than that. And it's a constant stress. Yeah. So that that gets alleviated, which is almost priceless nice. uh, in itself. It also just like I think I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit. It gives you a little bit of room just to kind of breathe and make decisions with a bit more confidence as well. Like you said, um, I think that's really important. Uh, it means that I know I can spend all day today exploring something being curious about something, testing something, and I haven't lost I haven't lost revenue, I haven't lost income. Um, you know, there's opportunity costs for everything, but that's slightly different. Whereas if yeah. you're a freelancer and you don't work for a day, you're X amount of money down on that month, that week, whatever. Um and, and, and then you just mentioned yeah. It's gonna take take the rec press work you've been doing in the last few weeks, you know, learning how to use Google ads and things like that. And that was something that we'd both like, well, yeah, have a go to it. You know, it's fine. Like, we we, we can afford that. We can <clears throat> take that. Is it a risk? I don't know if it's a risk, but take that risk. Is it going to work? Is it going to sell any more? Because we've got that recurring income, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. What was um, what was the next thing on your pros list, Mark? <coughs> um, so the next thing I had was that we hopefully will have an asset that is saleable or has value when we decide that we no longer want to continue with this product. Yeah. We will have a customer base. Currently we've got, you know, 350 customers uh, buying job relay. I think it's 20 odd, is it on RecPress? Um, that's an asset in itself. And then obviously the product itself is an asset. It is a, you know, product that's making profit. So when we decide that 
this is no longer for us, whenever that mm-hmm. may be, 5, 10, 15 years, then hopefully, if it's still around, and hopefully it will be because we'll have kept it modern and kept it moving in the right direction, then there's something there to sell and get some yeah. benefit from at the end of it. Yeah, it's a nice, nice feeling. I mean, there's no guarantee that anyone's ever going to buy it for yeah. for a price that would would suit us. But I think there is something nice about um, thinking that at the end of the journey, there might be something in it for us rather than mm-hmm. just the business turns off and our income is just sort of turns off. Like our income would turn off, but you know what I mean? We'd get like a lump sum. Um uh, almost like a little mini mini pension or retirement plan yeah. kind, kind of thing. Um, and I and kind of linked into that, I really like the way it feels like the work that we do on these products is aggregating towards something bigger and bigger rather than just you get really good, like you have to solve a particular problem for a client, right? So I've gone really in depth with the Google Maps for this particular client, I've had to do something really super bespoke and custom and it's, and it's amazing. And I got paid well for it. And then that's gone. That's like three weeks later, I've forgotten what we did. You know, I don't have, I don't have any skills to bring forward. I don't have any knowledge to bring forward except the kind of rough knowledge that I once did this thing. Whereas when we're working on these products, we're building in features and functionality that are improving the value of it over time and it's getting hopefully better and better and better and And i think that that feels good in the past few months where we've been doing project work for people you know and you've been thinking oh what's the benefit of this going to be for us in you know 12 months time it's going to have a major benefit for the client but we start to think in that 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 mindset of building something up for the future and when when someone comes along with suggestions for rec press or for job relay or products you, you kind of look at that and you think not 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 just the cost of doing that now for, for this client it's actually what value can that add to this thing to make it even better for everybody yeah. in the future make it more sellable make it make it exactly. so we can sell more of these things and it, it, it that just feels really good you know you're not just building this for the building its sake and having this thing built for this one client you're building it for everybody else that might use this product um, yeah. for future sales and future growth so yeah, that that's good as well yeah, and, and I th- the fixes that you make, so it's not just new features as well. Like, yeah, we can fix bugs, and it's fixed for three hundred odd people, three hundred and fifty people. Yeah, which yeah, is definitely. which is really cool. Um, which is a con as well. We'll come on to that later. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's definitely one of the cons as well. So one yeah. of the things on my list, um, and I think this is a really big one for us. So one of the yep. pros of pro- of product work is scoping and selling is and pricing is so much easier now i think we've done whole episodes on the past on how we really struggle with that side of things so uh yes scoping projects coming up with technical specifications in fact we did an episode very recently on on some of this stuff uh and pricing and everything and how that's just very difficult there's a whole big song and a dance that you go through before you've even won the work like how much time you know the time that you put in is going to be worth it but not if you don't win the project and blah 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 blah. so you go round and round and round um and it's just we've we really became quite tired of that we weren't particularly good at it i think maybe some people are just better at that than we are 
um, but we weren't good at it. And I feel I feel we got we got much better at it, but then yes. WordPress changed. So that's true. What you could do in WordPress, the block editor just became you couldn't really pin it down anymore. Like the, so, it became how how do you say what you're going to style or you know because there's so much flexibility there. So I th- feel yeah. we did get quite good at it. But then everything changed and we felt like we were back to the same, you know, that song and the dance about what, what's included and what's not on the scope of the project, which was really, really hard to to narrow yeah. down. Yeah, abs- but, uh, absolutely. So that, yeah, the scoping and the pricing is just like the price is what it is. The features are what they are to an extent. Yeah. Like we, we've we've talked again pre- on previous episodes about how for job relay, that's definitely the case. That's very locked down. It does one thing and does it very well. Uh, whereas with RecPress, it's slightly more open, and you you start to see that kind of yeah, difficulty and, week, and scoping it. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. So we've got, uh, got some suggestions to to help pin that down a bit more. But, we do, yeah. and we're going to implement some of those. But with job, really, the the price is the price, and does it, do people ask for discounts all the time? Do they get them? No, you know, literally, that's what we say on the calls. You know, this is the price. We feel this is a good price for the product. It provides value to you, the customer. Most people, that's fine. The only discounts we do provide is if a customer wants multiple licenses. Um, yeah. So they're running pretty much the same thing on multiple websites, uh, and it seems right to let them have some sort of discount. You know, if that's if that's more than sort of three or four websites that they want to run it on, that makes sense to us. Um, so they get a discount there. So the price is fixed, and like you said, the scope it does what it does. It's pretty pretty confined as to what it does. It's built in a way that it can be expanded and altered and changed with hooks and filters. And we are always doing more work to document those, but mm. they are not, um, what's the word? Like they're, they're, they're offered to customers as, as, as valuable, you know, parts of the products, but they're not something we will do for the customer as part of the price. Um, read the documentation. It's all there for you to, to look at. And if it's not, then we'll write it and put it on the website so that you can understand it. But it's not something we will we will look into as part of this product, uh, yep. and that's quite defined, which is good. The scope is kind of fixed. Just a little reminder before we move on: if you're watching along on YouTube, please do say hello in the chat. And also, if you've got any uh, comments or questions on what we've talked about already, please please do write them in there, and we will try to get to them. I've had uh, two hellos so far, so hello, Elliot, and hello, Nicholas. I think Nicholas have, is a new viewer. I don't, I don't not great really to have seen Nicholas before. Yeah, Thanks I'm not for, sure. For yeah. joining us. Welcome. Um, so we kind of didn't really cover this initially when we were talking about recurring revenue, but one of the pros is profitability. Um, I feel like the work that we do on Job Relay especially is highly profitable um, in terms of like the hours that we put in compared to what we get out of it is like nothing we saw in the project client services kind of world. Um, that might be different for different products. Uh, I think we've got lucky to an extent that what we do is really high value um, for the people that use it. So, uh, but yeah, profitability for us is, is, is great on that on that side of things, which is, which is really satisfying. Um, I had on my list, Mark, that I don't feel like I have to chase new tech all the time. I think what I was getting at there was the frustration I was starting to feel with developing WordPress websites yeah. um, around the, the the block editor and full site editing. I was 
trying to lock down a kind of best practice process and the sands were just shifting around me and I was just getting, oh my goodness, I don't. Whereas with our products, they do what they do in a certain way. Yes, WordPress might change. Yes, we'll need to evolve it. Evolve. But yeah. actually what we're doing and the technology that we use is quite stable and I can see working for for a long time, to be honest. Um, well, we, we've, we've been saying for job really, haven't we, that... You know, you've been saying, "Oh, what happens if these posting providers change the way they send the data and so on?" And 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 you're right, but there's so there's two things with that. One, there's nothing to say we can't change ourselves, so that's fine. We can evolve with them. But the other thing is that the, the technologies that they're all using, are, like they they're just HTTP. They've been used for decades, yeah. decades. You know, the way they send the data mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's pretty stable in terms of what they do. And they've done the same for the last 10 years and who knows, you know, I'm sure there'll be tweaks and, and, and fixes, but essentially it's probably going to be pretty stable going forward for job really anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so that, that's definitely been a plus for me. Are there any more on your plus list? I've got a couple more. I've got one. I've written down more control over development. And I think what I mean by that is that you're in control of what you do and don't do, you know, so if you're if you're in a project situation where you're you know you're looking after websites for a customer and they come to you with a with a strong suggestion you know we really need this feature and you're either it's a terrible idea you shouldn't really be doing it like that or you're I don't know how to do it it's going to be really hard and we have to go through that scoping dance that we've just been talking about you know you sometimes feel you can't say no and you end up doing something that you're not really comfortable with or, you know, and that can be a good thing sometimes. Don't get me wrong, you learn, et cetera. But with your product, you know, you're ultimately in control of what you do and you don't do. Um, if it's a really yeah. good idea and it's hard, then fine, we, we have a go at it. And it's like we were saying before, I don't feel as though that time is wasted because it's our product. And, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Whereas if it's a really good idea and it takes a long time, but it has lots of value, again, you're in control of that and you can see the benefit. And I don't feel like when I'm, sat developing those features i'm i'm clock watching you know i've like i've quoted this for this and i've already spent this long I, it doesn't seem to matter as much how long it takes and it's more about getting it right so um maybe that's just a mindset thing but i think mm -hmm. that's what i mean by that so you've got a bit more control over what you what you do and what you don't do yeah well so um, yeah one one more for me um and it's marketing so we are as regular listeners will know, not very good at marketing. Um, but, and I'm not saying that products make marketing easier because they don't, but we have been lucky in that job relay is kind of sold to some extent for us uh, by our partners. So we're integrated with five different partners at the moment and they will push people to us so when people reach out to them and say i want to get jobs on my wordpress website they'll be like talk to the guys at job really and on top of that it's so niche that it's very kind of like fairly easy to rank for this stuff too i mean there are there are some competitors on google um but you know we're not we're not selling used cars you know we're not selling you know we're not selling something that there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of competition to fight through for. So that helps yeah, too. Definitely. Thank you to our partners, first of all. I'd be great, gratefully received that they're working with us. And 
in in, in yeah. essence, you said some of the some of the competition on Google. There are some like genuine competitors. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the competitors that we have on Google are actually recruitment. Sorry, actually uh, web design agencies that are building recruitment sites that actually use our product anyway. Yeah. So in very much in a way, if they get the work, they come to us for the solution. So yeah. it doesn't actually compete with us, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there are a few that, that do compete with us, but um, we've got a lot of people, a lot of development agencies that use our products. So if they get the work for it, then we get the work for it as well. So it's good for, good for both sides. Yeah, yeah it works well. Cool. Um, just before we jump into the bads, just a couple of hellos uh, and a couple of points and questions in the comments. Um, I don't know who you put on screen already, Mark. Um, um, all you... of the hellos, I think. Yeah, cool. Hello to Sam, um, Joel, Paul, Mark. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, so Joel asked, what are the ongoing costs to Job Relay if you have a very low maintenance client who never needs to contact you? So as in the cost to us. So we, we've, we've someone signed up to Job Relay. We've set them up and we never hear from them again. What are the uh, ongoing um, costs? running the server for the portion of the whatever they send to it basically mm -hmm. very low running the website so like we have licenses for various different plugins that we use but again you know if you divide that out to the clients and stuff very low we're talking about if they never contact us very low i couldn't put a percentage on it but it's it's very low running costs for us very low yeah so after you know after the first year there's relationships or the you know they get they get very profitable if if things are running well. The value that we provide is that if something breaks, we're there and we fix it. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of what they're paying for that insurance that you know if the job there's a problem with the job feed, it gets fixed. And Mark is pretty much doing that every day. Um, you know, pe people are emailing and saying you know this isn't coming through, that's not coming through, something's changed, blah blah blah, uh, and that that's the value. So I don't know. I mean, we don't track hours, so it's we, we can't say that an average client takes X number of hours per year. That would be very, very interesting to know. Yeah, it would. Um, but we know that it's more than covered by the... When uh, we have a setup these. time, so we have a sales call time, usually a 15, 20-minute sales call. Um, a purchase would then lead to, obviously, an installation setup, and usually that's no more than an hour. Um, and then, obviously, support coming through obviously to, to pick up those issues but just coming back to the support i think that's one of the successes of the products isn't that the traditional way of doing this would be you'd go to an agency i want to build an integration with an api and they'd well yeah we've never done that before we'll do that they'd go away and do that custom development at a cost which is i don't know but probably three or four times the amount that you're going to buy a job relay for well we we used to charge we used to do it yeah. we used to do that work and it was at least yep. a thousand pounds yeah and then you would, uh, you'd have that work done for you. And then you know they'd have it for six months, and all of a sudden something would break. Um, who did they go for help? They go back to the agency. They say, "Oh, well, we'll charge you for that support." Or and then they're like, "Well, I don't, you know, it's working. We haven't changed anything." So everyone's just a bit frustrated. Whereas in this instance, <clears throat> they've just got someone to go to. What's what's going on? It's not posting jobs, and we can get yeah. it fixed. And th this is like, <laughs> this is kind of mission. This is why there's so much value to the client because this is like mission critical stuff like their recruitment <clears throat> agencies yeah. and their job board isn't working like that needs to be fixed um so they're happy to pay it you know uh, <laughs> which yeah which is the whole value-based pricing thing kind of you know there's 
we haven't we haven't priced it based on how long it takes us to deliver we've priced it in part on that and in part on the value that it provides to the client based on the alternatives and what they would do otherwise so yeah yeah very very good question uh, Joel asked another question, probably a follow-on from that. Wondered if there might be an integration cost for the job providers, i.e. Broadbean. So we're integrated with Broadbean, Logic, Melon, Idaboo, JobAdder, and Workable recently. Um, the answer to that is no, not to us. Most of these, all of these partners have welcomed our services that they can offer their clients because it gives yeah. them other options that clients want and they don't understand WordPress, so they don't really want to get involved in that side of things. Uh, some of our partners charge the client to set up um, a feed of data, but they, the partners that do that would have done that anyway. They would always charge for integrating a website, so it doesn't really matter what they're using. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I've had a cough all week, and it's finally decided to uh, <coughs> come back again. Yeah. <clears throat> Right, um, we're on to the comments, are we? Bad. Yeah. Yeah, let's jump uh, into the bad. Go for it. Give me your first one. Um, so the first one I had is the work is like the same. So support emails come through. They're very often the same email. This isn't working. You look at it. It's very often the same thing that wasn't working. You send it back and it can just be a bit, you know, backwards and forwards and a bit boring in that aspect. I think you said that as well, but... Um, I just didn't you know. have that on my list that it's kind of boring, but it can't. <laughs> that stuff is, isn't it? And for and frustrating, it can be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, and and I think there's more we can do to 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 alleviate some of that uh, as we as we learn and and so on. But yeah, um, don't get me wrong; it's not it's not it's not like you know the most boring thing in the world. You are helping people, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, get some lovely emails back when everything's fixed and they're like, oh, amazing, you're my saviour and all this stuff, which is really nice to have. But it is kind of the same stuff that you're always looking at on a daily basis. So yeah. it can be a little bit... Uh, Go and check that this setting's correct. Go and hit the endpoint here and check that yeah. that's correct. Do this thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. that. And a lot of uh, emailing back and forward, asking for information as well. <clears throat> trying to yeah. get blood from a stone sometimes to get, to get yeah. the information that you actually need. And it's it's actually, I don't know, it's a con or a pro, really, but it's about learning how to do support. You know, it's, yeah. it's you, you, you've got to take your emotion out of it and you've got to get to the crux of the problem, if that makes sense, you know, because you've got to remember that the customer is emailing you because there's a problem. So they're not particularly happy. <laughs> and yeah. And you've got to you've got to write your responses in a way that gets to the crux of the problem and gets the information that you need as quickly as possible without upsetting them any further, obviously. Mm. Um, which is, you learn how to sort of to do it, but you're asking them questions. And I get this a lot, actually. You're asking them questions which they think are trivial and ridiculous. But they're really important. I'm trying to help you get to the problem. All you need to do is answer this question. I know it might sound stupid, um, yeah, but but, but you've, you've you've got to sort of go through that process, <clears throat> and you yep. get better at it the more you do it. Yeah, my so my first uh, my first point on on the bad, I just wrote support versus relationships, and what I meant by that is, I feel now 
we're responding to like transactional support emails with our customers rather than building relationships with clients. And I really love the relationships that we've built with some of our clients. Like we've worked with some of our web development clients for years um, and we've been on a journey with them and we trust each other and we communicate well together. And that's not always the case with the product stuff. Quite often we're getting emails from people who haven't even necessarily interacted with either of us. So they don't really, they don't know us. There's no face to the name and they're, and they're, and like you said, they're pissed off. They're in a situation where something isn't working and there's not that kind of respect and that relationship to fall back on. Um, so that, that's definitely, that's definitely a con for me. Um, I think related to that and to the support we were just talking about is that you get people emailing you and I'm finding this more and more now with, with, with our customer base has got much larger they email you in a personal way, which is great, you know, but I can't remember who they are and I can't remember the history of the project. I can't remember what the website is. So it's back to, you know, I have to ask the most basic questions like, what's your website URL? What's your license key? And they're like, yeah, sure, you already know that. I, mean, I talked to you 12 months ago about this and we, we had a conversation about it, but I, I can't remember. So I've got to sort of have those. And again, so you're losing that personal touch with, like you said, yeah. they're just, people not clients and that's that's hard to to get over sometimes um yeah. and, and i've written actually as a comment right at the bottom of my list uh, it's hard to keep in touch with clients and, and customers how do you you do the integration that's it and then they might touch base because it's not working and they're annoyed so most of the yeah. touch points with you is not actually a positive one except when you yes. fix something and they're happy about it so is there something we should perhaps look into is there a way that which we can touch base with our clients in a positive way throughout the journey of their lifetime as our customer. Cause we don't really do that at the moment. We don't No, Cause it feels like the only way we could realistically do that is to automate it. And then it doesn't feel personal at yeah. all. Yeah. And then you get into the problem of like, you know, you send an automated email saying, Oh, Hey, we haven't caught up in a while. And they'll be like, you literally, we literally emailed each other yesterday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the system didn't know it. So yeah, yeah. I'm a bit wary of that, but yeah, definitely it'd be really nice to, Maybe we can. Maybe we can just send them useful information every so often. Or hey, we've updated this this thing. Like, how's it going with with the service or whatever? I think we sh- I think we should do more of that. I think that'll yeah. be that'll be a really yeah. positive thing. Um, yeah. I just looking at my list of of the bad. I I have like a few things that I think they're all they're all very related. Uh, and the first one I've written down is that I miss having a blank slate. Um, and I think what I mean by that, well, there's a lot of things I mean by that. I am the type of personality who likes new things. So I like building things, not maintaining things. I like the creative process. I like the excitement of that blank slate. And, you know, in three weeks, we're going to have something like out of nothing. I like the opportunity to learn new stuff and do things a better way the next time you do it. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, for me, for me, that's something I really miss. I loved after all the song and dance about scoping and pricing and contracts were finalized. The start of a project was a beautiful time. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? You've got uh, everything signed off. You've got that first payment. 
I can get on with it now. I've got this blank slate. Yeah. I know what we're doing. That is nice, yeah. I miss it. I miss that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think that's uh, something you don't get. And I think I've, I've kind of tied to that is you've got you've got this legacy code all the time. So whatever you build on has to work with what's already there. So you never get that opportunity to draw a blank slate and do something fresh. Yeah. Because whatever you do, it's going to affect those 350 customers. So you've got to make yeah. sure that whatever you do, you don't break something. So developing is a challenge in a very different way, I think. Because you've whatever you've built, you've got to make sure that it's going to it's going to keep running for everybody. So it's a yeah. very different mentality. Whereas you, when you're building projects, you've got this one customer, you've got this code base that runs for this customer, and you can decide to chuck it all in the bin and start again and do something completely new because it's just going to affect this customer. But you can't do that uh, when you're building a product because you've got all yeah. these other people to make sure it works for. And there's yeah, now there's so many improvements we want to make to the code and we're kind of a little bit scared to do it because we know that... Yeah. There's a lot of sites relying on what on the solution that we offer. Um, so I, I have sympathy now for <laughs> products uh, and services that that you think, why have they not like changed this so that it's better? Uh, the answer is because it kind of works, and changing it is a massive it's risk <laughs> uh, and a huge expense. Um, not to say it's not the right thing to do, but I can I can get the resistance. Um, to just sit with something that's working and just leave it, don't touch it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I, I mentioned something there in the good of product was that I don't have to chase new technology all the time. <clears throat> the bad about <clears throat> products is that I'm not forced to learn new stuff all the time. I actually really like learning new stuff. Um, I, I didn't love having to deal with WordPress in its f- flux. Um, but like, for example, I'm a CSS guy at heart. Like that's, that's, that's what I love to do. And I just absolutely loved on project work being handed a design. You're like, Ooh, that's a challenge. How am I going to, yeah. how am I going to do that? And then you're like, okay, oh yeah. So there's this new CSS property that I could use. I've never used that before. Let's let's try clip path or let's try background blend modes or something. You know, there's all this cool stuff that was coming along with CSS that I was just, I couldn't wait to use. And I just, I'm not really doing that anymore. There's nobody no. pushing me to like, like just push my limits and my boundaries and pushing me to learn new things. Um, so that that's a big that's a big con for me, and I, I feel I've like I'm stagnating a little bit. I like yeah, I've got the, the same. Yeah, I've got I've got two things that are kind of linked to that. I've got less development innovation, and learning new stuff is I've got I've written less likely, because your product is kind of like in a box. So mm-hmm. I can't just build X because it's not like nothing to do with the product. For example, everything you do has got to be related to this thing that these customers are using. And it's got to be something that they want and that they'll need and that they'll buy your product for. So it just restricts your innovation and the, what mm-hmm. you can develop for and, and learning new stuff all the time. It doesn't stop it, don't get me wrong, but it's much, like you said, you don't just get this shiny new thing and it's like, oh, how am I going to do that all the time? It's very much more restricted than that, which can be yep. sad in a way because you don't get that, that that sort of feeling like you were saying about building something new. So yep. um, definitely. I think 
that's mostly it for me in terms of like the cons. Um, I don't know if there's any. Are there any more for no, you, Mark? I've covered mine. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's watching <laughs> or listening along. If you've got any questions on anything we've said, any of the pros, the cons, any of the products that we have, um, yeah. let us know. It'd be good to to understand if you've got anything that you want to ask. Um, Elliot's just said good point about feature releases, house of cards scenario. A new feature for one request isn't necessarily good for a thousand users. Yeah, and that's what you've got to that's what you've got to constantly think about. So we get support emails from customers. Um, I want to do this. Most of the time it's got nothing to do with our product. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. But you think, well, actually, we could do this for you because we've got this filter or this hook or something like that that we could do. <clears throat> but you think, well, should I? Because if I do that, then we're going to have to look after that in the future. So when we build feature X for everybody in two years' time, that thing we've just built for you won't work. Mm. And keeping track of those things is I would say it's not impossible, but it is impossible, really. You can't really do that, what you've done for every client. So it becomes yeah. very difficult. <clears throat> so you've then got the decision, well, do we, do we do this for the customer with that caveat or do we not? They want this thing. It does make it much more difficult to, to do, but they're not the challenges you can solve. So it's just solving different problems in different ways, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, it definitely makes development harder. A good a good example of that is with RecPress, for example. So you've built that in a really extensible way, which is how you develop for WordPress, which is amazing. But because of that, on a few of our RecPress clients' websites, we now have like a RecPress customizations plugin that uses the RecPress hooks. Yes. What happens when we change those hooks? You know, when we refactor RecPress, that's fine. We can make sure RecPress within itself works perfectly. But now there's all these people with individual customized plugins all over the place trying to use hooks that now don't work or don't exist or work differently. Um, so you can see how, yeah, well, that, the good that thing is that very quickly break. builds up. Yeah. If a hook doesn't exist, then WordPress doesn't do anything, basically. It's no, that's, that's true. But the, fun the functionality might. Yeah, the functionality break. will obviously not work. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's something to think about. But yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think when I think you you have a when you have when you start a product, and I think more with RecPress than Job Relay, you you get to a certain number of users, and I think we're probably there now with RecPress. We've had enough people use it; we know what's wrong with it. Yeah. So it's about how do we fix what's wrong with it, and we've said this with RecPress: it might be starting again is the fix, yeah. and actually wiping what we've done. And handling those twenty customers and what we do with them, do they do we move them across manually or or, or do we leave them where they are or, or and still support them? Because you, you well, your first effort's never the best, you know what I mean? Uh, and you need people using it to get to the point where you know what's wrong and what's right. I think I feel like with RecPress we've got that now. We've got, you know, eighty percent of it's really good, but twenty percent's constantly causing a problem for us. And yeah. we really want to change it. So it's just how yeah. do we go about doing that change uh, and making it work? Yeah. <clears throat> um, have we had some more comments? Yes. Yeah, a couple from Mark. 
Um, thanks for your comments, Mark. So first one, he says, strict adherence to versioning. If you break hooks, then don't update the tech on their site to, for example, version two. I think I understand that. And yep. he says, also recommend to include a version number in the hook names. So yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, not a terrible idea either. Yeah. So yeah, there's... We, we're going to have to think about this at some point when we, because I think it's inevitable that we're going to update um, both of these uh, products at some point. Mm -hmm. One more from Mark. Uh, for an example of this, see the REST API, which includes the version number in the endpoint pass. Yeah, that's exactly <clears throat> what we've been thinking of doing with job relay is to have a version two endpoint, for example. Yep. Um, it's not as straightforward as that though. Because <laughs> uh, we've got to get our partners to then send some things to the new endpoint some clients to the old endpoint so there's or or we do that routing somehow ourselves so there's there's lots to lots to consider in that but yeah really really good suggestions from mark i just want to wrap up because we we're, we've gone long um again with this episode i hope you're enjoying the kind of slightly longer form stuff i think it's we're trying to cover topics in maybe a little bit more depth uh, than previously um so the shows are a little bit longer i want to say as a kind of, of my closing remarks i guess is that I feel like we've been really lucky in a sense. You know, it's it's easy to sit here and say, oh, it's been great, this move. And, and hopefully you've seen that it's not all it's not all roses. Like, I think it's been a positive move for us. And if we could go back in time, we would do it again. Um, but there are challenges. But I would say that I, I do feel like we've been quite lucky because um, of the way that product kind of evolved, like Mark said, without us making a really conscious decision that we were going to go into that space and then creating that product from scratch. But I would also say that we were in the mindset to, 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 ex to accept that change. So if you're thinking about this kind of thing and you want to maybe do this yourselves, your agency, or as a freelancer, um, just keep your mind open to those opportunities. They're, they're probably all around you. Like any of your clients could ask for a feature on their website that could potentially be turned into some kind of product. And you you need you only need to start small. Like Mark said, we started with a really simple PDF download for like 10 quid. Um, and that whetted our appetite for how it feels to get those emails saying someone's bought your product someone's bought your product someone's bought your product so just keep your mind open to it look for those opportunities try them out be brave experiment we've had we've done tried stuff that hasn't worked as well um well, lots. yeah so <laughs> we have we, we've done it we've done a fair bit that's really made us no money uh uh so yeah we've definitely got failures under our belt as and well some, something else i would say is that if you'd have said to me you know i don't know back in 2018 that like oh you will have built or we will have built a product that is run on 350 websites. I mean, that's really scary. That That's like, oh my God, you know, that's quite scary. And if I can do it and Keith can do it, so can you. Like, yeah. just build There's it. Nothing, nothing There's nothing stopping you. Us. There's, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to work. And you can get it working. So just build it and try and sell it. If we yeah. can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And just keep keep an eye out for that. Just the, the value. Like what, what do your customers really, really value that you think you could package up and deliver again and again yeah. and again and again? Um, and hopefully, hopefully you can find something and hopefully you'll, you know, be on a similar journey and similar, similar success. And 
maybe we can hear from you one day. It'd be, be great. Definitely. I think that's enough for today. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, please do drop us a like on YouTube. Please do consider subscribing either uh, on YouTube or through your podcast player. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WP Cafe Show. Yes. All right. There's no the, just WP Cafe Show. Okay. Uh, you'll find you'll us find on us. there. You'll find us on there. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us and see you next week. Same kind of Bye-bye. time. Bye.